0: Hello, hello. This is Smart Talks with IBM, a podcast from Pushkin Industries, iHeartRadio, and IBM about what it means to look at today's most challenging problems in a new way. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. In this episode, we're going to dive into sustainability and specifically how customers and businesses want to decrease their carbon footprint and verify that their efforts are accurately Calculated. I'll be digging into this topic with Jason Kelly, General Manager, IBM Strategic Partners.
1: It's the data that's in the system. It's the data that's in our partners' capabilities, such as SAP, that's from the source all the way to consumption. And where there's more data, which there always will be, there's more insight and there's more progress.
0: You may remember Jason Kelly from his conversations with Jonathan Strickland of TechStuff in earlier episodes of Smart Talks, Jason is working closely with IBM partners like SAP to think of creative solutions for businesses to measure and offset their environmental impact. I will also be speaking with Mark Rolf, Senior Vice President, Head of Strategic Partners, Partner Ecosystem Success at SAP
2: people are making progress from a manufacturing perspective and our applications and services from from SAP and IBM help make that much more transparent.
0: Prior to his current role, Mark served as global vice president responsible for ecosystem innovation and once worked as the global account director for IBM. Together, we'll discuss the ways businesses can work together and use technology like blockchain to create more sustainable operations with more certainty about their actual impact and footprint. Let's dive in. You mentioned your partnership. I'm an outsider to your world. Naively, I would have thought, aren't you guys competitors? <laughs> Why? What? What's going on here? I would have thought that you two would be at each other's throats and instead you're you're talking like your old friends. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about the role of these kinds of strategic partnerships?
2: So there's a long heritage here uh, of collaboration um, between the two companies but but to your question, I, I think you know I think what the realization mm-hmm. at least in our industry is you know there's the, the the amount of collaboration that needs to exist today. Everyone cannot do everything, and you need to focus. Um, and so SAP, you know, just taking the example of IBM and SAP, the collaboration, the, the biggest part of the collaboration from my perspective is having yeah. the ability to run our platform and our applications um, for specific industries like we've been talking about. SAP has a very good technology basis um, for, for many industries, over 27 industries. But the special sauce comes in from companies like IBM that have the expertise from their services divisions around enhancing and, and best-of-class um, implementations of our technology in those industries. So, so bringing awesome. that know-how, bringing that subject matter expertise, and making it very relevant from an industry perspective, and building on top of SAP platforms with that that expertise, it's a it's a huge piece of our business. Yeah. We will never invest in. That type of expertise, we rely on our ecosystem, and in and, and this example, I, IBM, and, th- and that's been the, the basis of, of, of the success we've had at well over fifty years now mm-hmm. uh, between the two organizations.
0: Yeah, what does that that uh, collaboration look like? I mean, is there literally an office from both organizations where people go together? And like we were talking about utilities, are, are is there a team made up of, of people from both organizations that are traveling together to see the customer? The
1: answer is yes. Think of uh, a couple clients, IBM and SAP, sitting down around the table, actively saying, how do we work with where you are to get to where you want to be? And what are the best and best prioritized steps you can take to get there?
2: Yeah, I I think that the best way to explain it, Malcolm, is that, you know, we have teams that come together and, and look at what the market really needs, what our customers really asking for. And actually working together between IBM and SAP with customers to build solutions, number one, and then take them to market and go talk to the the, the larger set of customers in a particular industry or a particular region together. So we, we actually look at the whole life cycle between how we innovate together and build new solutions with input from actual customers, all the way through to scaling that in, in in a global fashion. So it is a very collaborative um, setting that, that we really have. And I, and I think that's part of what, you know, from a technology perspective, many technology companies are really understanding that the ecosystem is the real power out there. Mm-hmm. You know, working with partners, working and collaborating together to to really advance goals, whether it's sustainability or other initiatives.
0: Yeah. Jason, can you talk about how many partnerships in this in the sustainability world does IBM have?
1: So we look across ours, we have up to uh, 12 active partnerships across our strategic partners, but that would be limiting just to look at our largest clients because within those, there are other ecosystem players specific to where they are in a geography and by industry. And so we're only limited to the extent that we can be inclusive to that, that, that number of players in that ecosystem. So that's why it does demand an open type of platform that allows these players to come together because you can't do it on one type of technology. You can't do it in one cloud. And this is where, you, you know, your, your question about, don't you compete? It's like, well, of course we do. And times there's things that we, that, that, but the opportunity, for the tides to rise all boats is bigger than us fighting in what would be perceived as a zero-sum game because it's not. In fact, the, 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 the challenges now, Malcolm, are so complex that one company by itself can't solve that problem. So when you hear us say, you know, yes, sustainability is a team sport, it's not just because it's a cool way to say it. It's the truth. It requires all of us.
0: We wanted to talk today about sustainability. And, I, you know, it's a word that gets bandied about a lot. And I wanted to start with the two of you telling me, what is your definition of that word?
1: I'll jump right in. You know, when I think of sustainability, I believe that it is real trust and transparency in making sure that we as humans have a planet that's going to be there now and in the future by employing methods that can be uh, practiced by everyone. In a way that is self-sustaining.
2: So when I think of sustainability, I think of you know organizations trying to make a better place for the, for the future generations of our planet. What I think about is how do we make it better now? How do we start progressing towards a better planet and making the world better?
0: When I think of this is a naive question, but when I think of that word, the first people who come to mind would be, you know, airlines, automakers people who have obvious large carbon footprints who are making things that are highly energy intensive, that, you know, you could could all give the reasons. Tell me why tech companies such as yours also need to be as mindful of that.
1: Well, I tell you, Malcolm, your question started with, you think of people and then your example went straight to airlines and... I think in there is is part of what we see as important is that it's a B2P type of operation, business to people, we're people, all of us. And so that's the first thought is we're trying to make sure that we're taking care of each other. And so if we think of people being the center, you know, we formalized our efforts at IBM in, in the 70s to say, look, we want to be forward thinking in environmental management for decades to come. And we have. And that's where we see the commitment being made, is that, look, if we can do it together and not alone, and that's, as I'm here with Mark, I'm proud to say, we see it the same way with regards to an ecosystem. And it takes all of us working together because sustainability is truly a team sport.
2: I think what, what we see from SAP, uh, from, from our side, we, we, we are very focused on supporting transactions across most of You know, the enterprise business in the world, 70% of the world's transactions run through our systems. Those are transactions that support product, the manufacturing of product, and the rollout of product. Um, So if we think about it from that perspective, we are very interested in making sure that those manufacturing practices, the design practices around those products are efficient, are transparent, and are ethically progressive in the way that these companies are manufacturing or running their businesses. So, so that, from our perspective, it does tie back to people, but we take a step back and look at the products that are being manufactured or the services being offered to people and how we can be more transparent around that from a sustainability perspective. Can you
0: give me an example, Mark, of what you're talking about?
2: Yeah, so uh, if we think about a, a manufacturing floor, um and all of the data that goes into designing a product to actually building a product and then actually distributing a product. SAP systems, um, along with our partners like IBM, we put together applications and um, overall systems that monitor that data that allows the, the companies to build, manufacture, and distribute those systems. So we have visibility into how companies are actually Distributing, manufacturing these products. We can make, make that much more transparent. We can start to measure the progress they're making against certain sustainability goals and, and start to, to really drive a conversation around sustainability around a product or a, an area. So I think that's key to what we see around whether it's circular economy in terms of understanding greenhouse effect on manufacturing abilities of certain customers of ours. Or if we look at overall, you know, carbon neutrality goals, et cetera, people are making progress from a manufacturing perspective and our applications and services from, from SAP and IBM help make that much more transparent.
0: If I'm a, a client, a customer of yours, and I'm interested in addressing this issue, one place I might look for guidance would be the kind of data that would come from your software is what you're saying
2: yeah if you if you think about the overall like value chain of of what we deal with in it from our customers there's manufacturers there's end consumers, et cetera, where along that value chain can we impact you know um, sustainable goals and and drive towards more transparencies to improve upon those so that's really what we're we're looking at from our perspective
0: yeah, Jason, can you talk a little bit about i b m s position in all of this when does i b m as a company start thinking seriously about this issue? And how big of a transition is it in the priorities of the company?
1: We've been doing this for decades with regards to making sure that we're focused on the environment, the returns that we get, our clients get, and working across that ecosystem. As I said, we formalized it in 1971 saying, look, this is a priority for our company. And we just announced our latest commitment which is that zero greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. We did this uh, just at the beginning of, of this year. So that's the commitment that we've recently made, but you called out something here that's key and Mark echoed it. Is this thought of data. It's the data that's in the system. It's the data that's in our partner's capabilities, such as SAP, that's from the source all the way to consumption. And where there's more data, which there always will be, there's more insight and there's more progress. And if you think more data, more collaboration, there's even more insight, which gets faster progress. And so our position in this is to say, look, can we create open platforms of innovation? Because and I'll, <laughs> I'll borrow from you, Malcolm, that's where you know innovation comes in, in desperate situations from the David and Goliath. Uh, uh, Examples that you're desperate, so you reach out and you're saying, "Look, how can I, you know, find that that innovation?" And it's through this collaborative technology, because ultimately, it it is the consumer that is asking for this. We know this because consumers now, you know, 40 percent of the consumers uh, were purpose driven before the pandemic, and now that's 57 percent. And they're purpose driven, meaning companies with a purpose that are driving after things such as sustainability.
0: Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little more on this in concrete terms? What does a focus on sustainability mean for IBM? You've said it's not a new focus, but is it fair to call it a renewed focus?
1: I would I would say that's fair. Malcolm and I would say that a renewed focus in a new era of capability. And so one place we're spending a lot of time and effort, and it's along with our partners like SAP, Microsoft, and others, where we're saying, let's invest in the World Business Council for Sustainable Development. As they pull together many of our partners, uh, and those are other, other clients, such as the Dow's, the Nestle Shells of the, of the world, who are also raising their hand in this renewed, as you said, you know, sense of sustainability. And what's really key now is, okay, if we're going to pay attention to carbon emissions and carbon foot, how do we document that? How do we do that with trust and transparency in that ecosystem of value chain? It's not just that linear supply chain, but how do we account for all of that data in that value chain? And so companies like uh, the Shells and, and Exxon's, the Dow's, the BASF's of the world, are saying, how do I account for that with trust and transparency? And we're investing that with new technologies that are on the edge, such as AI or even blockchain, that says, listen, how can I share data with trust? And this is where it comes in. If you can't trust the data, how can you make sure that we're accounting for carbon credits? How do you know those are real credits? How do you know those credits are accountable for IBM or for SAP?
0: So I'm an airline. I want to buy carbon credits to offset my footprint. Um, and the question arises, how can I be sure that I am accurately accounting for my own consumption and, I'm, and the marketplace is correctly measuring the, um, what the offset looks like, how, how it's priced, how, whatever it is. What you're saying is someone has to do that kind of, has to produce that data, verify that data um, exchange that data, and that's what that's what you guys are thinking about. Is that a
1: fair uh, that's, summary? That's that's what we're exactly. doing. That's exactly yeah. it. I, yeah. I,
2: I think that's a very important point. A lot of what what I, I hear out in the marketplace is it's about goals, right? Sustainability goals and the future. I think there's it needs to be a kind of a shift in mentality that we can do this now. We are doing this now. We have applications that are you know tracking this data. You mentioned the airline industry. If you think about the airline industry and, and the supplier side of that or the procurement side of that, companies need to start putting together procurement goals related to sustainability and have applications and systems that track progress against those procurement goals that are able to monitor and measure that progress. So that's that's happening today. And yeah. that will get much stronger, as, as Jason mentioned, when when you bring in smart technologies like AI and other technologies that will make that even more progressive. So it is happening today. So I I would say goals are important, but we can actually start doing something today, which I think is even more important.
0: Can you give me an example, a concrete example? I'm interested in sort of the nuts and bolts. So this is actually kind of a fascinating question. Can you pick a kind of particularly either hard or interesting case study and tell me about what are some of the Challenges from your end in providing this kind of data, coming up with it, verifying it, providing it.
2: Well, I think from our side, I'll give one example. If you think about a utility company and their legacy way of, you know, managing their suppliers versus where they need to be—a very, very much a siloed view from from providing information to and from those suppliers, a closed system that does not allow much transparency or even accuracy in, in, in what they're able to actually um, provide to, to measure a goal. There's nothing in place that has done that before, right? So now we're putting out applications that actually you know, take a look at those suppliers, understand where things are coming from, have they been ethically manufactured, you know, uh, and be able, again, to trace that through the, the value chain that, that Jason and I have been talking about, and be able to understand every step of the way and be able to track that data and, and tra- track that process throughout that, that entire value chain. And I think that's something very concrete, especially it enables the purchasing teams um, and the suppliers, quite honestly, to, to improve on efficiency and visibility around the procurement supply chain operations, and serves the foundation for those procurement goals. So kind of, it's a new way of of driving transparency Mm -hmm. for these utility companies that have tons of suppliers for their their manufacturing plants, for their their energy plants, et cetera, and be able to report publicly that that those are sustainable practices that they're leveraging to improve the overall operations, overall supply chain capabilities, et cetera, against that.
0: That that sounds like a really complex problem. Somebody's got a power plant which might be 50 years old, I'm making that up, but conceived of and built in an era when we weren't thinking about computers on every in everyone's pocket. You've got hundreds of thousands of customers. You've got, uh, I mean, I don't even know what, uh, kind of on the other end of it, the number of suppliers they're going to have in every corner of the world. Someone could spend an entire life trying to
2: figure out that problem.
1: <laughs> Some have, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's exactly it.
2: That's the power of what I think a technology company, an application technology company, an innovation company like SAP and IBM bring to the table. The, the expertise around an industry like utilities that an IBM brings to the table um, you know, is, is something that we are trying to reinvent business models based on new technology and take those 50-year-old plants, those 50-year-old systems, and modernize them. And I think that all starts with leveraging things that we didn't have and, and applying technology to that to have much more of a transparent and, and overall um, view of the data, of the systems, of how that thing is built, of those parts. And again, that's what, what, what companies like IBM, SAP, and others are trying to do in these in these very old industries that need to have a reinvention.
1: Yeah. yeah. And Malcolm... I was going to hit on your your example there because you you, you asked for something concrete you know there's cities upon cities you can point at uh us or international you can look at a chattanooga and then in the us dirtiest cities 1969 and then all the way you know 20 years later it was the cleanest city okay so it can happen but how does it happen at scale and when we think concrete We give one 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 example so we're starting to see the other side of a pandemic and here we had a challenge across industries of just coming up with something we can address it with a vaccine and trying and figure out how could we how could we do it quicker, better, faster in, in any way that we've ever done before. And it took a lot of time and effort to sit down and say with with the likes of, of Pfizer, along with SAP on the back end, by the way, working with IBM, how do you how do you change the way this is gonna be developed and pushed through the supply chain? And we had the challenge of then going through multiple levels of, and we'll stick with the US, federal, state, local governments to get dispersed. And then we had the challenge of saying who's tested and who's received a shot. And how do you prove that you've received a shot? In that example, I've crossed industries. I've crossed multiple lines of private public situations. And that was to keep people alive. Now we're talking carbon credits. Does anyone anyone have a sense of urgency that they would with a vaccine? Some do, some don't. But if it's that challenging with a vaccine and a global pandemic, how do we do it with something that's called sustainability? Well, it starts with data. What are we seeing with the data? Data tells us this. What do we address? We address it with the carbon credits and carbon emissions, and then who's who's accountable for what based on trusted data.
0: Yeah, those two examples you're talking about: one, COVID vaccine; two, utilities. Utilities is harder problem from your end. Like, yeah. you're not, it's not a technology <laughs> forward industry. You've got state regulators
1: that mm-hmm. you're dealing
0: with, so you got fifty some odd different rate depending on which state you're in you have a whole different maze you've got to work through i mean with the vaccine you're talking about three multinational you know 21st century companies using a brand new the best platform known to man versus 70 year old whatever about, you know, <laughs> in in 50 different states chasing an elusive goal that they may not even be on board on
1: bingo not only is it behind in the times in many cases and in need of diversification as well as modernization, is that now you have you also have competing platforms saying right. how do I leapfrog some things that are old or new and we're we're ready to celebrate a 50 year relationship with SAP. Yeah, why? It's because SAP continues to evolve, and that's what in the, your example, Malcolm. You know how else to evolve and get to where you're going then with, with trusted partners that, and that this part, now I do feel like it's a commercial, but I know that it takes more than just the SAPs and IBMs. It takes the others in the ecosystem to make that leapfrog from where they are to where they have to go.
2: Yeah. And and I think it's not just about the the companies we're talking about here. It's, it's the technologies that are allowing this and enabling this because, you know, if if you really, I mean, the Pace of innovation that's happening out of there with things like AI and, and machine learning and all of that are enabling a lot of things that that we couldn't do five years ago. So I think mm-hmm. I think that the technology piece of this and it's a much longer discussion, but you can't understate that it, it, it's a huge enabler that wasn't there you know five years ago. As I said, it, and, and it just it, it's going to ex- continue to increase the the innovation pace here. And unlock opportunities in the very complex industries, like like you mentioned around utilities. I mean, it, it, you're absolutely yeah. right. It's a tough one.
0: Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about um, blockchain and AI and its role in all of this. Um, what do we what what do those two particular technologies bring to the table here?
1: Blockchain: the bottom line it's a trusted platform to share data amongst many players. In real time. That's it. Share data in a trusted way. And if you can do that in this, this thought of whose carbon credit is it and where does it sit on the ledger of carbon credits? Now you yeah. can do that. So that's it. AI, the insight. So we start thinking about augmented intelligence, or as some like to call it artificial intelligence. Now you can use that to process all and look at all of this data that we couldn't before. It took a lot of time and effort, so it was just too high of a hurdle to jump over. Not only that, but now we can sense and predict ahead of time before something happens. So if you put those two together, trusted data, which is the fuel for AI, and doing it at scale, that's when you say, okay, we are in a new place to play, and you have some place you can pull that data from. If you could just have someone that was touching those those companies... (laughs) From the source all the way to consumption.
0: So it sounds to me, though, that what you're saying is this kind of thing you're envisioning now would have been all but impossible uh, five or six years ago. I mean, yeah. am I,
2: you're, exactly. you're, you're nodding, Mark. Yeah, no, that, that's what I mentioned before. I mean, again, going back to the utilities industry, we, we couldn't do this five or six years ago. And, and I think that's why I think technology is enabler than things like blockchain, like AI like machine learning. We, this is all changing the landscape of the, the art of the possibility. If we don't transform what we're doing by leveraging these technologies as enablers, we're, we're not gonna make it. I mean, so so I, th- I think that's the key thing here is that, and that's where I come from, a, a technology background where these things are real, they're happening now, they weren't here five years ago, and they are making a big difference. So if we really want to accelerate this, we need to go past the 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 vision of 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 goal setting and really start to implement and see change in some of these things because it is possible today and you're absolutely right it wasn't around five years ago it wasn't possible five years ago and i just think in in another five years what what is this really going to advance into so i mean i think there's huge opportunity here
0: yeah so looking ahead five years i give you a magic wand you could change one thing to make your life easier what would it be what's the biggest impediment that you could in a perfect world would remove.
2: I, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think from my perspective and Jason, I'd love to hear your side. I mean, it's not the technology. I mean, I think we know where the technology is going to lead us. It's people. How can people open up and be more open minded to think differently? Because even in some of these industries, and again, we talked a lot about utilities They're not thinking differently they're just trying to operate their businesses in the way they have been for for years we need its culture and its people to change and i guess that brings us back to the beginning of our conversation this really is about people and and making sure that people changing the way people think about these things and seeing the opportunity
1: and i would agree it's the the trust and culture change it would be like you Trying to head out from where wherever you are today, Malcolm, and saying, Oh, I'm gonna get a ride share, but you call a dispatcher. It's like, Are you kidding me? You know, you, you, you don't use it, you just click on your phone. So it's changing the process and 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 doing it with trust.
0: Yeah. On the flip side, what's been the unexpectedly the easiest part of this? campaign if you want to call it that
1: jason <laughs> is, it, is it is anything, is anything not, easy, I <laughs> is <it> easy? <laughs> <laughs> wow that was a loaded question the easiest the easiest part uh-huh. is acknowledging that there's a challenge i think um in bringing together the different players that have to play
2: i i, I don't know from my end if it's, the, if it's the easiest part but the most exciting part is to see the passion behind this i mean you know, at least in our organization, I know in IBM because we it's very very similar in, in the way we think about this. There's so much passion of, behind this, and that, and people that understand what these technologies can do are are really pushing the envelope. So that I think that's it, you 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 don't have to convince any anybody it's the right thing to do. They see the the art of the possibility, and I think that's that's a, a very strong opportunity.
0: Well, thank you so much. This has been like so many of these conversations I've had with IBM and. IBM and Friends, which is basically what this has been. This has been fascinating. And, um, and I really thank you for your time.
1: All right. Well, thanks a lot, Malcolm. And, and always, Mark.
2: Thank you both. It was a great conversation. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you.
0: Thank you again to Jason Kelly and Mark Rolfe for joining me. It feels promising to hear about these efforts from IBM and SAP and how these partnerships create a larger industry shift towards sustainability. Smart Talks with IBM is produced by Emily Rostock with Carly Migliori and Catherine Girardeau. Edited by Karen Shakurji. Mixed and mastered by Jason Gambrell. Music by Gramoscope. Special thanks to Molly Sosha, Andy Kelly, Mia LaBelle, Jacob Weisberg, Hedda Fain, Eric Sandler, Maggie Taylor, and the teams at 8Bar and IBM. Smart Talks with IBM is a production of Pushkin Industries and iHeartRadio. This is a paid advertisement from IBM. You can find more episodes at ibm.com slash smarttalks. You'll find more Pushkin podcasts on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you like to listen. I'm Malcolm Gladwell. See you next time.